This week from This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by GeekNewCentral.com. Microsoft launches new laptops and more. GoPro launches two new cameras. Facebook pulls accounts, plus Verizon is buying joint. Excuse me. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. And it's Saturday, eight, uh, excuse me, October 5th, not April, October 5th, 2019. My name is Kirk Corliss, and this is episode 39 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast app for Android, or on TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher. You have a comment, suggestion, want to say hi, be it on social media or email, and all that can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. We're going to jump in with the tech news stories from this week and from geeknewscentral.com. First up, Microsoft held its annual service event on October October 2nd in New York City. They unveiled a flood of new devices and updates to existing Service Laptop and Service Pro lines, and they were just a start. It also introduced the first ARM-powered Service Pro, true wireless smart earbuds, and not one but two dual-screen devices, including its first phone in years. First, it's the Surface Laptop 3. Now, it may look like its predecessor, but it's a major revision with a 15-inch AMD-powered model and 10th-gen Intel Ice Lake Core processor in the processor, excuse me, in the 13.5-inch system. You also find a host of refinements that include fast charging, USB-A and USB-C ports, a serviceable, ch- a serviceable chassis, and far-field microphones to aid voice recognition. You can expect the new PCs to arrive October 22nd, starting at $999 for the 13-inch variant and $1,199 for a large edition. The Surface Pro 7 makes its leap to 10th gen Intel chips, USB-C plus USB-A, and more powerful microphones, although some may not be thrilled by battery life shrinking from 13 hours to 10. The starting price is dropping as the Pro 7 will start at $749 when it ships on October 22nd. The Surface Pro line now includes a model with a model chip inside. The 13-inch Surface Pro X runs on a custom Snapdragon Influence SQ1 processor that allows for an extremely light and extremely slim and light body even though it packs even though it packs LTE connectivity. There is a slim pen that charges in the cable that there's a slim pen that charges in the tablet's cover 
tablet's keyboard cover too. The Pro X arrives November 5th, starting at $999. After introducing over-ear headphones in 2018, Microsoft has hopped on the wireless bandwagon with the service earbuds. They charge in a portable case, but they also have but they also have cut. They also have touch controls that enable native Spotify control and Office 365 tie-ins. It can automatically caption what you're saying in a PowerPoint presentation or help you check Outlook email. They ship during the holiday season for $249. The company hopes to usher in a future of dual-screen PCs with the Surface Neo. The folding Windows tablet packs two 9-inch screens and combine into a 13-inch area that helps with multitasking. And if you need to type a long message, there is a compact wirelessly charging keyboard that effectively turns a Neo into a laptop. This is the first known device to use the Intel's Lakefield Processor 2 and will be the flagship hardware for Windows 10X. I'll talk about that. Sorry about that. I'll talk about that in a little, little bit later. You'll be waiting a while as it won't be it won't ship until 2020. Microsoft is making an operating system built for dual-screen PCs like the Surface Neo. Windows 10X is considerably more efficient than standard Windows and sports an interface optimized for dual screens, including more elegant app placement and a more touch-friendly start menu. It'll arrive alongside the Surface Neo and other dual-screen PCs in fall 2020. Microsoft is making a phone again, and it's not running Windows. The Surface Dual will run Android across 2.5-inch, two 5.6-inch screens that provide a total 8.3 inches of space for multitasking or comfortable thumb typing. It can fold 360 degrees. It can fold 360 degrees to help you take a phone call, too. The Snapdragon 855 currently inside is powerful enough at the moment, although it may feel old if it, although it may feel old if if and when the duo, duo ships in holiday in the holiday season 2020. GoPro on Tuesday announced two cameras, the $399 Hero 8 Black and the $499 Hero Max. The Hero 8 Black is 14% lighter than current Hero 7 Black and has a 12-megapixel camera sensor with improved HDR, which will improve pictures and video in low-light areas. It has new hyper-smooth 2.0 video stabilization to help smooth bumping video, wind noise reduction, and can shoot 4K video in addition to slow motion video. The Hero Max Excuse me, the Hero Max has two lenses and can record and record sharper 5.6K video in 360 degrees. A new Excuse me, a new Max Superview ultra wide camera mode for fitting one of the scenes into let me start over. A new Max Superview ultra-wide camera mode for fitting more of the scene into pictures and videos can sh- can live stream in 1080p and offers an option that people automatically back up videos and photos to the cloud. It also has six microphones, which GoPro says will offer the, quote, best stereo sound ever from one of its cameras. GoPro also announced three modular add-ons for the cameras. There is a 60, excuse me, there is an $80 display mod with a one point 
12.9 inch display that can fold to the front or back of the camera and help you better frame your help you frame your pictures and videos. A $50 waterproof light mod and a media mod, which lets you attach both the display mod and the light mod to the top of your GoPro. Both cameras are available to pre-order. The Hero 8 Black will ship on October 15th, and the Hero Max will ship on October 24th. Over on geeknewscentral.com, Verizon has acquired some assets of virtual reality startup Jaunt XR. Excuse me, I take a pause of a drink. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. According to CNBC, Verizon will own Jaunt's software and technology, among other assets. Jaunt also knew John also announced this news on his website, quote, John XR today announced the acquisitions of its software technology and certain other assets by Verizon Communications for an undisclosed amount. John XR is a leader in the immersive industry with a focus on the scalable creation and distribution of volumetric videos and humans. Jaunt stated that Jaunt stated that it will be assisting Verizon with the transition of select portions of the software and technology for a brief period of time. Mizzy Rigu, president and CEO of Jaunt XR, says, quote, We are thrilled with Verizon's acquisitions of uh, acquisition, excuse me, of Jaunt's technology. The Jaunt team has built has built leading edge software, leading edge software, and we're excited for its next chapter with Verizon. The Verge reported it has it, it reported that it's unclear exactly what parts of Jaunt XR technology Verizon is buying or whether Jaunt XR will continue to exist after a, after a finish assisting Verizon, quote, for a brief time for a brief period of time. The Verge also noted that Verizon has a history of VR and AR. Last year, Verizon launched Riot Innovation Studio, which aims to build immersive entertainment that shows off Verizon's faster 5G network speeds. Facebook has removed 211 accounts on its main flat main platform, 107 pages, 43 groups, and 87 Instagram accounts for inauthentic behavior. More importantly, the the investigation from Facebook had revealed that their their efforts were coordinated, and they were all linked to PR firms in the UAE, Charles Communications. Egypt Flexel and Nigeria Mintreach. The company said is the company said in its announcement that these takedowns as part uh, are part of its ongoing investigation into coordinated into coordinated in into coordinated inauthentic behavior in the region. In August, it also took down hundreds of accounts and pages traced back to its marketing firms in the in the UAE and Egypt. Twitter is quickly acting on plans to filter potentially offensive direct, offensive direct messages. It's rolling out the filter to all users on Android, iOS, and web. If a message contains questionable language or is likely spam, it'll be tucked away in a, quote, additional message folder. You'll only see the colorful language if you explicitly tap on a message in that folder. You won't have to put up with DM harassers if you rather just carry on with your day. The expansion comes part as a wider effort to curb abuse that implies that includes reply, reply moderation. Samsung uh, Samsung has launched a new feature for its application that it can help stick to a budget. Though it's a prepaid virtual card called 
uh, Samsung Pay Cash. While you use your credit card or regular debit card with Samsung Pay, the company says that this virtual card is like having, quote, cash in your wallet because you, only because you can only spend what it contains. The virtual card can be topped up with a credit card and a regular debit card or through an ACH transfer from an external bank account. You can use it to pay anywhere that accepts Samsung Pay or MasterCard even e-commerce retailers, so you have a limit for what you can spend even if you're just at home and shopping online. To promote the new feature, Samsung is giving the first 20,000 pay cash users a $5 credit if they register and verify their identity. Song W on Samsung's Electronics, Samsung Electronics America's VP for Content and Services says, quote, we envision a future in which in which we envision a future in which people can leave their cash and cards at home, take care of everyday financial matters easily, and earn rewards along the way. Shopping is fun, and Samsung Pay Cash is only is one way we can help empower people to be knowledgeable with about where their money is going. Samsung also introduced international money transfer for pay users in the U.S. It gives you a way to send money to 47 countries with the option to deposit directly to bank accounts or to choose a location where the recipient can pick up the money in cash. According to CNBC, Amazon is in talks with a variety of merchants, including movie theaters, airport stores, and sports stadiums, to license its Go technology to those companies. Specifically, CNBC says Amazon has approached OTG's CIOB, CIBO Express and Sinworld's Regal, Thinder, Regal Theaters about potential partnerships. The company could also license the tech to concession stands and MLB stadiums. The sources who spoke to CNBC say Amazon sees a partnership as a way to build out its retail, retail presence faster and cheaper than it has done so f- that it has done so far. The company also reportedly views the move as a potential views the move as a potential way to boost the amount of money it makes off its Amazon Web Services uh, or AWS cloud platform since it could offer to power another go comp- another company's go turnstiles through w- AWS. It's not clear of the turnstiles it's not clear of the turnstiles that third-party stores will feature Amazon branding, nor exactly how the company plans to structure any potential deals. Pandora recently launched its desktop app, and now there's a major update to its mobile app. The new app features the new app features are focused on personalization and discovery, helping users to find the music or podcast. Hopefully, it is this one that they want to listen to. The new quote for you section will be a dynamically updating feed of new music and podcast recommendations, similar to Spotify's popular discover weekly playlist it it will recommend quote modules or collections of tracks based around a theme such as a mood or decade users on pandora's free ad supported tier will be able to listen to tracks from the for you section using the quote premium access feature in which they can listen for free for one session after watching a video ad another new feature is pandora movies pandora mode excuse me in which users can customize the listening experience of their favorite stations. Users can select user can select from options like quote crowd faves to hear songs most like most liked by other listeners, quote artists only to hear tracks just from the original artists they selected, and quote discovery to hear a more broad selection of artists on the station. There is also a new design for the app with navigation now located at the bottom. The new version of the app starts rolling out 
the new version of the app starts rolling out, was, was rolling out, excuse me, on iOS and Android, and should be available to all users within the next few weeks. California Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Candidate Kamala Harris has formally asked Twitter to suspend President Donald Trump's account following Trump's attacks on a whistleblower and his claim to and his claim that impeachment would start a civil war. In a open letter to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Harris says that Trump has used Twitter to quote target, harass, and attempt to out the person who filed a who filed an who filed an executive executive excuse me filed explosive complaint about Trump pressuring Ukraine to dig up dirt on rival candidate Joe Biden. Trump has been tweeting has been tweetily, tweeting angrily about the complaint for several days now. Harris cites multiple messages where he calls the whistleblower quote a spy, as well as a tweet where he called to arrest Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat of California, who has helped lead the investigation in Trump's actions for quote fraud and treason. Offline, Trump has arguably has arguably insinuated that whistleblowers should be executed for spying, something Harris says makes his t- tweets more threatening. She writes, quote, these tweets should be placed in the proper context. Around the same time, Trump quoted a Fox News claim that, quote, if the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, it will cause a... Excuse me, it will cause a civil war like fracture in this nation from which our country will never heal, which Harris also notes, quote, these tweets represent a clear intent to basically to basically discredit the whistleblower and officials in our government who are following the proper channels to report allegations of presidential improperty, all while making blatant threats that, that put people at risk and our democracy in danger. Harris also publicized an also publicly highlighted another Trump tweet calling impeachment a coup and discussed banning Trump from Twitter in a CNN interview. Twitter told The Verge that it has received a letter and plans to respond to Harris's concerns. Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren has responded to criticism from Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg over her plans to break up major tech companies. On Tuesday morning, The Verge published leaked audio of an internal Q&A session with Zuckerberg, including a question on Warren's plan. He says, quote, if she gets, elect, if she gets elected president, then I would bet that we will have a legal challenge, and I would bet that we will win the legal challenge. And does that and does that suck still? For, and does that still suck for us? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to have a major lawsuit against our own government. Warren published a cutting response on Twitter, saying, "Quote: What would really suck is if we don't fix a corrupt system that lets that lets giant companies like Facebook engage in illegal and in, in uh, illegal anti-competitive practices, stomp on consumer privacy rights, and repeatedly fumble and repeatedly fumble the responsibility to protect our God." Let me go over and repeatedly fumble their responsibility to protect our our democracy. Warren didn't go into specifics about Facebook's, quote, fumbling of democracy. Blockchain technology company Block.one has been fined $24 million by the Security and Exchange Commission, or SEC, for running an unregistered ICO, or initial coin offering. According to the SEC, the company conducted the ICO between 2017 and June 2018, raising several billion dollars worth of digital assets, but did not register it as a securities offerings as stipulated by federal securities law. The 
the SEC says this meant investors were not given the information they needed to make informed decisions. Block.1 has agreed to pay the fine, but has neither admitted nor denied the SEC findings. The company also has been granted a waiver, which it means it won't be subject to any wrong. The company also has been granted a waiver, which means it won't be subject to ongoing restrictions that would usually apply to a settlement of this kind. Reddit has revised its policies to make cracking down on abuse easier. Administrator posted new rules on Monday saying that the, quote, narrowness of the earlier policy has reduced its effectiveness. The new, these new changes broaden the definition of threats, harassment, and bullying, and they also and they allow bystanders, not just victims, to report violations of the rules. Like previous changes, this gives Reddit this gives Reddit greater leeway to police its platforms, platform, excuse me, but it also creates confusion for users of the large and sometimes chaotic forum. As administrator, as the administrator, the administrator, as a as a administrator, land of lobsters lays out. Reddit previously offered to Reddit has Reddit previously defined harassment as quote systematic and or confused behavior and it made people fear quote had made people had made people fear for their quote real life safety now reddit prescribes quote anything that works to shut shut someone out of the conversation through imitation or abuse online or off that includes quote menacing someone directing abuse at a person or group following around the site encouraging others to do any of those actions or otherwise in a way that would discourage a reasonable person for participating on reddit this policy applies to entire subreddits not only individual users and it appears to have resulted in several subreddits getting banned that list includes r slash brain cells a major form in the virtually miss for the a major forum for the a major forum for the incel movement which is currently in the news after the u.s army speculated that members might target screenings of the film joker a spokesperson tells the verge quote we have made several updates to our site wide to our site wide excuse me let me start over again. I, I apologize. I'm tongue-tied and, and I'm messing up with the <laughs> with these stories this week. Let me start over. Quote, we have made several updates to our site-wide policies against harassment. This includes explicitly prohibiting content or behavior that threatens, harass, harasses, or bullies groups of people. Users and subreddits that can engage in such behavior will be banned. Reddit will also start using, quote, some improved machine learning tools to sort abuse reports, but it won't automatically won't be automatically scanning content or batting people. It's theoretically just for making sure the most urgent reports get pull, get prioritized. Overall, um, quote writes, uh, "Land of Lobsters." Quote: We are hoping we're hoping today's changes will help us better will help us better leverage human human user reports. Taking reports from bystanders is part of that process, as well as it's supposed to better distribute the process of reporting harassment. Many re, many. Excuse me, many Reddit users responded with some perennial questions about moderation. One user asked if the rules would apply to a subreddit that monitors hate groups since it's arguably trying to dive, drive bigots off Reddit. 
Another noted that false anti-harassment reports can be used by trolls to drive someone offline. A few people asked whether Reddit would ban r slash the underscore Donald, a pro-Trump subreddit that was quarantined earlier this year for encouraging violent threats. With these changes, according to the Reddit post, uh, are meant to stop users from sticking to a letter of anti-harassment rules, but breaking the spirit of them. As Reddit admits, it's, that's inevitably going to create ambiguity, so their effectiveness, will, their effectiveness will depend on how well administrators address each difficult case. Also on Monday, the U.S. Treasury sanctioned two Russian nationals accused of working for the Internet Research Agency, or IRA, and attempting to meddle in the 2018 2018 U.S. midterm elections. The U.S. has already sanctioned the IRA and a handful of its members. Now, Igor Nesterov, 34, and Dennis Kuzman, 28, have been added to the list. The uh, there is a um, the Treasury said in the the Treasury said in a press release. Quote, while today's action only targets Russian actors, the U.S. government is safeguarding our democratic processes from adversaries, primarily Russia, Iran, and China, that may be seeking to influence the upcoming 2020 elections. In Google News this week, YouTube has been dogged by scandals over the content on its platform, including videos related to extremism and child exploitation. Meanwhile, <coughs> excuse me, meanwhile, uh, Meanwhile, video meanwhile video creators have complained about YouTube's rules for demonetization, which shuts their videos out from earning advertising dollars. Neil Mohan, the uh, YouTube's video YouTube's product chief, uh, said on Wednesday the company is testing a program to deal with these two problems. He says he said he says YouTube is experimenting with a, quote, self-certification program that lets video creators self-report to the site and what's in their videos. And if they contain swearing or controversial, controversial content, the idea is for video makers to let YouTube know which of their content follows YouTube guidelines for monetization. Uh, Monhan said in the at the TechCrunch Disrupt Conference in San Francisco, quote, creators themselves are the ones who know best what's in their content. They can tell us that ahead of time and we'll use that way, use that in a way in which we in which we will use that in a way in which we trust the creators. Mohan said the company will perform audits and checks to uh, and checks to prevent abuse. He also says, quote, if someone sorts of if someone sorts sort of violates that trust, it's hard for them to be part of this program. As part of the program, YouTube will let creators know why their videos are demonetized. Um, while the program is only in testing right now, Monahan said YouTube eventually wants to move more towards that model. Google created a tool for its Chrome browser, which automatically checks whether passwords have been compromised. Google released a password password checkup extension for Chrome in February, which alerts users if they enter a password and username combination, which is known to be compromised. That extension has been downloaded by more than 650,000 people and has been used to scan 1.5% of overall sign-ins. In the near future, Chrome will come, will come with 
will come with password checkup built in, so users won't need to download an extension or take any extra steps to use a feature. Google says it is providing this tool due to the increasing importance of security issues, as demonstrated by a recent Harris poll, which shows how common poor passwords practices are in the U.S. On top of that, Google has embedded checkup directly into your Google account. It'll tell you whether your passwords have been compromised on other sites or services, warn against phrases that have been reused, and prompt for weaker passwords to strengthen. Services like LastPass already offer, offer, already offer similar tools, but Google is making them accessible at passwords.google.com. Other password features, including Chrome this year, include password exports and a password suggestion tool to create stronger passphrases. According to XDA developers, Google is at, is at work on a personal safety app with, quote, car crash detection. With the, help of, with the help of various sensors, including the accelerometer and even a microphone, Pixel phones will attempt to detect an accident. If one occurs, the phone will loudly sound an alarm. And if there is no response, it will automatically call 911 and provide your location to emergency services in the U.S. XDA developers managed to catch the Play Store listing. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> XDA developers managed to catch the Play Store listing that Google posted prematurely, which included several screenshots of the personal safety app. Based on those images, people have more than one opportunity after a detected accident to confirm they're okay and prevent an emergency call from being placed. The demo apparently asked twice for response before initiating the 911 process. So how does this work? Well, Google says personal safety use a Pixel's location, motion sensors, and, quote, ambient audio from the microphone to figure out if an accident has occurred. Perhaps it's listening for broken glass or a collision similar to how Alexa Guard can hear break-ins. But a company also warns that, quote, high-impact activities might activate car crash detections. So there may be occasions where you have to tap, quote, I'm okay to stop, to stop a false trigger emergency call. Uh, also confirming that you're okay, personal safety asks what happened, and you can pick up between you can pick between no crash or minor crash to help improve future detection future detection accuracy. The personal the personal safety listing the personal safety listing reveals that car crash functionality will only be available in the United States whether whenever this feature rolls out. Speaking of, it's likely this app will debut as yet another software trick of the Pixel 4 before expanding to other devices. Outside of road incidents, personal safety will also be able to automatically message your emergency contacts if you find yourself in a dangerous situation and need help. In in video streaming news this week, TiVo has launched a new device that could make binge viewing sessions across multiple subscriptions a lot more manageable. It's called The Edge, a DVR slash live TV slash streaming player for cord cutters. The TVO TiVo Edge is available in two versions, a cable model that can record shows from cable channels and an antenna model, which we can record free over-the-air HD shows. Both of them have Dolby Atmos capabilities for three-dimensional sounds, and for the first time in TiVo Box's history, Dolby Vision HDR for rich and sharp pictures. They also have access to TiVo's OnePass, which can line up all the episodes for a, for a title regardless of the source, say... Only the show's first season was on Netflix or Hulu, while the second just finished airing on cable. One Pass can make the stream 
can one pass can make both the stringable and record and the ones recorded from cable available from one place. Both devices can also be set to automatically skip eligible commercials, even entire commercial breaks. In addition, the company has announced the TiVo, TiVo Plus service, which combines live streaming channels, movies, and shows from different genres. It will feature titles from partner publishers and content creators, including TMZ, Fail Army, Amoeba, Food52, Cheddar, Tastemade, and others. Dave Shuley, TiVo President and CEO, says, quote, Today, people face confusion and overwhelming choice when it comes to home entertainment. U.S. households have an average of 7.2 entertainment subscriptions, and that's growing all the time. Everyone at TiVo is passionate about helping viewers make sense of that sea of options by bringing all their entertainment together in one place. TiVo Plus and TiVo Edge will make it easier for viewers to find and enjoy watching what they love across live TV, DVR, and online streaming services. While TiVo Plus does not have an exact date, exact, exact uh, the TiVo Edge is now available. The Atena model will set you back $350, not including as required service plan to cost $7 a month, $70 a year, or $250 for a one for a one-time all-in payment plan. All-in payment payment. Meanwhile, TiVo Edge for cable costs $400 with a service plan priced at $15 a month, $150 a year, or $550. $550 all in. If you want to watch the American League Championship Series, want to watch the American League Championship Series in its best possible quality, well, you need to stream it. Fox Sports is keeping up its most recent habits by streaming the 2019 ALCS games in 4K HDR through its namesake app, through its namesake namesake app called uh, namesake namesake app, excuse me, and Foxnell. The same caveats still apply. You'll need a 4K-capable Roku device or Apple TV 4K to watch. And this is technically an up-converted 1080p signal rather than true 4K. So you might not see every dirt smudge on players' uniforms. This, nonetheless, could be the best view you can get. And you can tune into the non-HDRK 4K feed using Fubo feed. Fubo TV and conventional broadcasters. There's also other technical mar- technical marvels if, H- if 4K HDR doesn't, mas- doesn't pass muster. Although some of us will have to wait until the World Series. You can watch 4D. We can watch 4D replays of World Series batter swings and home base attempts. Follow the balls. Follow the path of balls in 3D through pitchcasts and see whole stadium views through flycam. And yes. Fox is dabbling with 8K. It's partnering with Sony to take, on 8K, to take an 8K camera to, quote, select World Series games to, to both record them at ultra-high resolution and use a sheer number of pixels to zoom in on key scenes. You likely won't watch live games at full quality on 8K TV, but the technology to make it happen is rapidly approaching. YouTube TV is now available on Amazon's Fire TV platform. In a blog post, Amazon announced that the service is available now on a wide range of its streaming sticks and streaming boxes. And it can also be found on the Fire TV Edition Smart TVs, which have the Fire TV operating system built in. 
after a price hike that Google announced back in April, YouTube TV now costs $50 a month. Now, the reason why it's taken so long for YouTube TV to arrive on Amazon's streaming platform is that up until April of this year, Amazon and Google were locked in a feud. Google refused to allow its streaming apps on Amazon hardware, and Amazon withheld Chromecast support from its Amazon Prime Video streaming app. YouTube arrived on Fire TV back in July. As of April this year, YouTube TV includes over 70 live channels around the U.S., which, could, which covers sports, news, entertainment, and films. The latest channels we added, the latest channels, to be, the latest channels to be added to YouTube TV were Discovery's lineup, including the Discovery Channel, as well as HGTV, Food Network, and TLC. Other networks available on YouTube TV include CNN, ESPN, and ESPN and FX. Some, uh, now, Amazon says the following devices should support YouTube TV. The Fire TV Stick, the Fire TV Stick 2nd Gen, Fire TV Stick 4J, 4K, excuse me, Fire TV Cube 2nd Gen, Fire, T Fire TV Editions Smart TVs, including models from Toshiba, Insignia, Element, and Westinghouse, Fire TV Cable 1st Gen, Fire TV 2nd Gen, Fire TV 3rd Gen, Pendant Design. However, Amazon advised that Google's service is not compatible with the third, with the first generation Fire Stick TV, Fire, Fire TV Stick, or Fire TV. In the tech tips block this week over on Android Central, it's the best Android phones in 2019. They have the blessed, the best flagship pick, the Samsung, Samsung Galaxy S10. Uh, the best battery life, the Huawei P30 Pro, best on a budget, Moto G7, best value, the OnePlus 7T. So I will link up in the show notes on all that. Also in, in the show notes, also from AndroidCenter.com, you have a phone everywhere where you go. Well, how about in your car? Well, they have the best universal car phone, car phone holder in 2019. They have the best overall, the Link Tech Bolt Smart automatic car mount. They have the best design, the Knight IZ Steely phone car mount, car phone car mount kit. And I'll have a link up in the show notes. You can check all that out. Also in the show notes over on makeuse.com, the five best games to play on Apple Arcade. Also on makeuseof.com, there's five money-saving guides and apps to be financially independent and retire early. And closing up the tech tips block this week uh, over on Android, AndroidCentral.com, the best Android sandwich, best sandwich, best Android smartwatch in 2019. Um, the best overall, they have the Samsung Galaxy Watch Active 2. The Fitbit, uh, the Jack of All Trades, the Fitbit Versa 2, all the colors, Fossil Sports. So I'll have all that in the show notes uh, that you can check out on GNCWeekly.com in this episode. In the GNC WIR, what's trending this week over on Google Trends, trending last week at number 10 with 10 million searches. I can't believe people typed in, they typed in Google. <laughs> trending on Twitter today with 20.8 thousand tweets, Rick Perry, and over on YouTube with 9.2 million views at number five, Dan plus Shay, Justin Bieber's uh, 10,000 hours music video. 
And finally, according to a report from WDAM, a diver by the name of Michael Bennett made an interesting discovery during one of his dives, in which he found an iPhone at the bottom of the Edisto River. According to Bennett, quote, I came across something that looked like a, a, ro a rope maybe attached to car keys. And when I pulled it up, I seen a phone inside of a waterproof case. And I'm like, no way, this is unbelievable. What made it even more unbe unbelievable is, was that when he charged it, it turned out, it turned on and seemed to be working condition due to the passcode on the phone. Bennett couldn't bypass lock screen, so what he did was take out the SIM card and put it into another device, which allowed him to retrieve the owner's contact details. He managed to get in touch with the owner, Erica Bennett, who is not related with him, who was very emotional about getting her device back. This is because the phone contained text messages from her late father that she was keeping. She says, quote, it was, it was kind of emotional because the last thing I had from him is saying, quote, Hey, I'm playing phone tag with you, so I just figured I'd text you how you're feeling. And I think he had called me after that. I'm pretty sure it's Father's Day. The device isn't in perfect condition due it's submerged more than a year, but thankfully it's a but thankfully its waterproof casing did help prevent more serious damage. And that is the tech news from this week for Saturday, October 5th, 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Despite my tongue tied on a few news stories this week, and I apologize for that. I'm going to try to get more less tongue tied. <laughs> Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, show notes from this episode can be found, and I keep knocking the microphone. <laughs> wow, I'm getting a, I'm a bunch of, uh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. You have a comment, thought, want to say hi, want to give a uh, love to hear from you, the bit good and the bad and the ugly, especially with this um, myself getting tripped up. <laughs> love to hear from you, um, be it social media or email. Uh, that can be found. All can be found on Facebook, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, Gmail. That can all be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. If you want to find out what I am doing nowadays, please sure to follow me on Twitter. I am at Kirk Corliss, which is spelled K-I-R-K, -K, last name spelled C-O-R-L-E-S-S, -S, so please be sure to give me a follow. And I'll be back next week for another episode of the GNC Week in Review podcast. Till then, I will talk to you all soon.